Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. <laughs> Welcome to another podcast from the WCBBN. Uh, today is 624-2015. Uh, our program is going to be about bats, as uh, our intro song said there. Um, my name is Kevin Dan. I'm owner-operator of Wild Catch Nuisance Animal Control in northeastern Michigan, and we do do that. So uh, also, I uh, want to introduce my co-host, Will. How are you tonight, Will? Oh, long day, sunburnt, but hey, we're doing good. <laughs> Perfect. So tell us uh, a little bit about you if you want to, or you can jump right in and do bats if you want to, or however you want to go about it. Well, tis the season, man. I, bats are everywhere. A lot of guys are doing the June and July and let them fly, but um, I, me and you were just discussing before the call started that um, I've actually got, I, the other day I happened to go out to my truck and there were two juvenile bats in the bed. I have no idea where they came from or where they're going, but I ended up with two pinkies sitting out there, so they're coming out around uh, central Indiana now, so we might be looking at starting our removals again here in about 10 days or so. Yeah, like we talked about, you're you're quite a bit further south than myself. Uh, I'm up here by the Mackinac Bridge, and uh, I kind of discussed a little bit about what our weather's been and um, low 40s to uh, low 50s uh, in the evenings for the last week, week and a half. So, uh, yeah, we're having uh, maternities having bats, but uh, ours up here just aren't quite flying yet. So we practiced uh, June and July, let them fly. Oh, yeah, I don't doubt. The further north, the more likely that is. But even then, I'm still watching them. I mean, like I said, I'm probably 10 days, two weeks. I mean, it's probably going to be second week in July before we really start doing anything again. So, not really that much earlier. Yeah, we've talked to a few different guys on on your your site there and on my my page also. Uh, you know, some of them like to quarrel a little bit about uh, well, you don't have to wait till August, and obviously you don't in the southern states or or southwestern states, uh, just because of the climate is so much different, uh, say than yourself or even up here where I'm at. So. Uh, I guess the bottom line is to use a little discretion and uh, do some observing and see what, you know, just what it is in your area. I mean, you could have one house that uh, the the pinkies may be flying and another house there, you know, they're just not. So. Oh, oh yeah, you definitely have to investigate. Don't ever, ever, ever make your decision off of a single home inspection. Unless you start seeing it everywhere, I mean, you're better off just doing the wait. (laughs) So 
where do you want to start? You want to start on how to do a, a exclusion? Um, I can talk about the bat trapping, which is <laughs> with some some controllers are like, well, that's not going <clears throat> to do that, you know. So, but here in Michigan, I'm that we guy. I'm that guy. I'm I'm kind of wondering bat trapping. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you want me to break into that, I can. Um, yeah, I'm interested to know what is bat trapping, and that's something probably not many of us have even heard of. No, uh, I get a little bit of flack for doing it. Uh, it's just another alternative that I uh, give my customer. Um, I don't want to say that they don't trust me, uh, but when you put an excluder tube up, you don't know whether you know there's three bats coming out, 103 or 3,000. And the thing with the bat trapping, um, it's it's basically like doing an exclusion. It's just that it's trapping the bat. Uh, the bat trap is is it's a DWL brand uh, bat trap. Uh, it's probably six inches wide. Uh, it has its own roost in it. It has a upside down Dixie cup on the inside of the roost, and that's so the bats can't go back up. Uh, it's got a tube that hooks onto the side of the house or wherever you're um, trying to get the bats out of, whether it's a gable end vent or if it's a ridge cap or wherever. And with the, you just attach this, uh, and then I usually duct tape over it to kind of seal it all off. Uh, I use a hardware cloth under that, so they can't chew through the duct tape, obviously. And anyways, uh, it's just a tube that goes into a box that has a roost in it, and it also has a chamber. And the chamber uh, is just kind of like a Z-style chamber, and once they fall through the Dixie cup into the roost, uh, they're captured. And then there they have... In that roost, they have um, panels on there to where the, the bats can hang on, and you can get, oh, I would say upwards to 150 or, or a little more uh, bats in that roost. Well, here's an interesting question for that. Why, what would, uh, why would you use that method? I guess that would be a lot of what people would ask. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the reason why I offer it is basically, like I mentioned just a few seconds ago, <laughs> Uh, as far as a customer may not believe you, okay? Um, if you say, well, I've got all the bats out, and he'll say, well, how do you know that? I said, well, on my last inspection, um, you know, I can tell that there's no more bats up in your attic. So ah. it's basically to prove that that you did get bats, okay? Um, people know that they have bats or they wouldn't have called you, so, but they just don't know how many. And then if you're trying to tell them that, you know, all the bats are gone, uh, the only way you can prove that would be to take them up and show them, you know, where the bat guano piles are and show them where they, explain to them that that's where they are roosting. So the bat trap is nothing more um, than a, a technique to exclude them out of the house. It's just the idea that you can see the bat uh, bats in the roost. So it doesn't matter if you have 10 or 20 or 2. So, so mainly it's more of a uh, uh, a bonus for the customer to actually just see that you actually are removing the bats, not that you're actually taking them anywhere. I mean, I'm assuming, I mean, what do you do with them once they're in the truck? Just kind of flush them out when you check it kind of thing? Or? No. Um, what I do, uh, first of all, is I show them. Uh, that's the reason why they hired me to do the bat trapping instead of using excluding tubes. Uh, and, and then I show them the bats. And they're just, you know, like overwhelmed. And it's not like we're handling them or anything. 
Um, some of the guys say, well, it's not, and I say guys, whether say they're an ECOA guy or just a, a typical uh, other bat excluder person that does that. Um, and, and they say, well, you know, you're going to hurt the bats or it's not good to handle them. And really you're not handling them. They're doing the same thing that they've done in the home inside this roost. Okay, your question was to me, what do you do with them after you catch them in the roost? Well, the, what I usually do is I take them to, I have several lakes that I take them to, and, I, and the reason why I take them to the lakes is because of the bugs, the mosquitoes. There's, there's plenty of uh, food there, and usually in the lake there's, there's plenty of trees around, uh, whether they want to stay in the roost that I make for them. Uh, normally what I do is I'll take them out of the, the bat roost, okay, from the bat trap, and then I'll uh, incorporate them into a regular bat. We'll call it a bat house so you don't get the roost and house mixed up. So I put them up in there, and then they pretty much stay in there all day. Uh, there may be a few that come flying out, uh, but not very many. And, and those ones that fly out, well, basically, if you watch them, they'll just go to a tree and land on a tree, and they pretty much stay there. Uh, the other place I release them is in barns. Uh, farmer's barns, um, so that way there, if, if say there's too many bats there, that colony that I pulled out of the peak of that house um, is either going to stay there or a few may stay there and the others fly off, and that's that. So they go and find their own their own home. Uh, it's basically then, from my understanding of what you're saying, it's basically an exclusion process. You're just kind of controlling where they're excluded. <laughs> That's true because the, the fact of the matter, um, I, I get this when I do exclusion work that, well, I noticed that you were over my neighbor's house three weeks ago and now I got bats. What did you do? Did you put them down my chimney or did you turn them loose on my house? And I, I said, no, I didn't. I said, the, the technique that I use, it excludes them. I said, they fly out and they can't get back in the house because we seal it all up and the only way out is through the exclusion tube. Uh, if I'm bat trapping, they, they try to throw that on me, and I say, well, the bats that I captured here, I said they're over at Beaver Lake or F Lake or Long Lake or one of the lakes, or they're over in a friend's barn or whatever. So I can, you know, I can pretty much prove, because I do do the videos, um, I can pretty much prove that I turned those loose here or there or, you know, where I said I did. Wow. So uh, that actually brings up another question. When you are doing a bat removal and you get that neighbor next door, I mean, do you ever uh, maybe talk to the neighbors around, hey, uh, I noticed you got a hole there, we're getting ready to get rid of bats. <laughs> do you ever even go to the neighbor's house and let them know what's going on? I know I've had a few cases like that. In fact, I'm working one right now <laughs> where they yeah, seem to um, just one actually, five houses. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't. Um, go talk to the neighbor until the job is done or else they'll come to me and, and talk to me. Uh, that's another nice thing about doing bat trapping is because you have to be there every day. Uh, you have to check these traps every day because um, it doesn't take much for bats to overheat technically. And in that little roost and you have say 50 to 70, 80 bats in that little roost, um, you know, you may have some in the tube yet. Um, you know, there's a little controversy there with some people, but um, I I hardly ever lose a bat out of them. 
um, from either overcrowding or for whatever, just the handling part of it. I hardly ever, ever lose bat. Um, and that's kind of the big controversy with bat trapping. But getting back to your question, uh, I don't normally go talk to the neighbors. Uh, if I'm doing bat trapping, um, obviously you you got to be there every day, change out the roost. You don't pull the whole trap down. All you do is slide out a box and slide in a in an empty box, and you're you're good to go for the next night. So you just climb down your ladder, bring the box with you, obviously. Climb down the ladder, put it in your truck, and you're off to to the lake or wherever you're going to uh, transplant these. Um, obviously, our, our DNR don't like us to kill them. Um, there is a bat on the endangered species list here in Michigan, um, and they're also the brown nose, or the, excuse me, the white nose syndrome. Um, we have that kind of pretty big uh, here in our area where the caves are and stuff. So um, they don't like us to kill them, so that's why I transplant them. Uh, to people that like them on the lakes and in the, the barns, you know. Oh yeah, that's just the first time I've ever heard of the bat trapping method. I can I can kind of see where guys would you get the controversy from there. Uh, sure. For me, I think the only downside I can really see too is that daily trip. <laughs> I'm oh, that's true. <laughs> it is, it is more money. You know, it does cost more money than a, a technical exclusion job. Um, just because of the travel, you know, uh, you have to, basically you have to change them every day. If you have a, say, a, a maternity colony in, in that house, I mean, you could get two to 300 bats pretty easy, you know. If it's just a bachelor colony, uh, you know, you may be only looking at 10 or 15 mat, bats at the max. So, uh, and, and they are bigger colonies of, of bachelor colonies, but um, the bottom line, they're, they're always a smaller colony than the maternity colony. But um, my truck is basically uh, a nine-letter truck uh, because most of them ask that. Uh, it's almost like they're ashamed that they have that, but um, I tell them that there's nothing to worry about. I says, uh, the only thing I have is a ladder rack on it that makes it look something different than the normal Joe. But, I said I could be a painter as far as that's concerned, you know. So uh, as far as going to the neighbors, I don't do that. Uh, if they approach me during the bat trapping or the first day that I'm up there because the the homeowner will normally tell a close neighbor, if you want to call it that, that this is what we're having done. And you know how the word spreads with, you know, neighbor talk. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually I'm kind of the same way when I do my exclusions. Um, I, I may ask the homeowner to let the neighbors know, but uh, and I know there's a lot of guys that will go over and talk to the neighbors, trying to upsell some business for sealing up or anything. I'm just, I don't like people coming to my door trying to sell me stuff, so I don't like doing it to other people. I know yep. there's money, but just myself personally, I don't do it. But I do try to make sure that the homeowners just kind of at least give them a heads up that we're going right. to be doing a rotable. Because like I said, I've got one right now that i got a large colony out of one house, and literally the house right next door has called me to have it sealed up because they're just worried they're going to get them. Two houses down called me now. Uh, the guy across the street now has called me. <laughs> so I mean, just in one block, I've got three more houses I'm going to be sealing up at, at a minimum, and that's if I don't find that colony in there. 
Right. So um, I guess if you were to ask me about a percentage, I would probably say I do a 75, 70 to 75% bat trapping versus exclusion work. Um, it's, it's the customer's choice. If they want to pay that extra money, um, I'm, I'm game to do it. And I tell them the difference, you know, as far as it could cost you a couple hundred dollars more uh, than what, say, the exclusion does. And they said, well, I would like to see the, see the bats first, and then you can exclude them. I said, no. I said, you're either getting an exclusion job or you're getting a bat trapping job. So, I mean, you, you know, <laughs> you know how they try to steer you. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I I have kind of a variance on your method a little bit. Um, it's for the customers who want to keep the bats around, but they just don't want them in the house. We will actually hang the bat houses up near the excluders, right, in the same area, so that, that hopefully our goal, obviously, and it works fairly well, is the bats start moving into there since they can't get back in, and then we just. Uh, Normally, we mount them in an area that they're permanently mounted anyway, or we just move them out to a tree further in the yard. Right. So that the customers still have them, actually see them there. They know they've moved, um, but they still have them in the area like they wanted to. Yeah, it but we seems like... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Will. I was going to say, but I, I don't really move them further away, um, mainly because of the reason we're, we're, we have been coming into a lot of bat colonies that have bat bugs. And I just, I try to prevent spreading that if I can. So I, I really don't transport any bats that we remove. We try to keep them within the area or let them relocate themselves within the same area. Yeah, that's a good point uh, to put out there between uh, bat trapping or excluding. Um, I don't want to say... I couldn't even give you a percentage. Um, I haven't run into that many bugs, but in an occasional big colony that you do have that. Um, some people call it bat lice. Some people would just call it bat bugs. Um, but they're kind of, uh, in our area here, they're kind of a little red bug, almost like a bed bug in a way, but they're kind of reddish, maybe with a little bit oh, of silver or, or yeah. cream colored on them. You're thinking of the uh, the little mite looking things. The, the bat yeah. bug itself looks just like a bed bug. I mean, it's a larger bug. They uh -huh. prefer bat colonies. They live in the guano piles, and I mean, they can be total nightmares. They will move down through the house and into the home itself and start feeding on the tenants. <laughs> so I've had several of those, and that actually. Uh, Unfortunately for the unlicensed pest guys out there, you can't do much. But if you've got your pest license, that's huge money. Because you're talking about you have to remove all the guano in the house. You're cutting walls down. You're vacuuming everything. You've got to treat all of it to make sure those bat bugs are dead. Because the dormant period, they can, they can go for months without food. So... Just simply doing a removal is not going to do it. You've got to get rid of them, or they're just going to move right inside and be a whole other problem. Yeah, it's amazing the amount of money that, that bats could cost you. Uh, they don't normally do the destruction part to where they get in. Uh, I have <laughs> seen, you know, where they've chewed uh, the rubber seals, like on sliding glass doors, but that's to get in from one room to another. Um, I haven't really seen. They're, they're more of a 
I don't know, I don't really want to call them an entrepreneur, but they, they usually use like woodpecker holes or something a squirrel dug out or rotted soffits or a, a raised. No, I'm more of an opportunist. Yeah, opportunist. There we opening go. that already exists. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I come up with entrepreneur, but I was thinking of opportunist, but <laughs> it happens. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the most places I find that they get in at is uh, soffit, fascia, uh, gable invent are, are a big one. Um, the other thing is the ridge cap. Um, I don't know how much ridge cap or if you do the exclusion work uh, once you've trapped them or whatever. But uh, usually what we do is we'll uh, sell a full exclusion and, and rip the ridge cap off and put hardware cloth down. Uh, I screw mine down. Um, it, it's pretty fast. goes pretty fast. Uh, if you use a a uh, drywall gun, screw gun, uh, that has... Oh, yeah, self-feeders. <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean, it just buzzes, and you can buzz, them, buzz that wire down pretty fast. Uh, versus nails, uh, I don't care for the using the roof and nails because of the fact that uh, they say they can move out just, you know, with the, the swelling and contracting of the wood through the seasons. So I use the screws and uh, never have an issue. I feel good about that. Uh, give my year guarantee, warranty with it. And uh, anyways, and then as far as the gable end vents, uh, either we put those caps over them um, to protect that so they can't get in or else we will uh, screen them from the inside. Yeah, we do the same. We'll, we will screen it from the inside with hardware cloth. And uh, I'll actually, if I can get the paint that matches, I will actually paint the hardware cloth and mount it on the outside too. Uh, I, I've even gone a, one step further a few times to the customers that are willing to pay <laughs> is I've actually had uh, mesh powder coated to match their house and fastened it up so that I never have to worry about the uh, paint ever wearing off. Uh-huh. But that's costly and time-consuming, and I very, very rarely ever do it. Normally, that's on a high-end house that's right. worth doing it. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's that's another tool that we use is the hardware cloth. Uh, it's pretty inexpensive, actually, for what it does, and um, it's pretty workable, you know. Uh, we use hard. Anybody that's in this field is a hardware cloth freak. If you're not, you haven't been here long enough. Um, right. I know one thing that I've found when working with the hardware cloth is I like the lath screws. Have you ever used those? No, I haven't. Lath screws, they, they almost have that washer head on them. Uh-huh. So you don't have to buy washers or anything else. They already have the head there. It's just a one-piece deal. Shoot it right in. They right. come in self-tapping, self-piercing, very easy to work with and a lot less hardware carrying around. But now yep. when we're talking exclusions on houses, you got to think of those guys. Um, you, you can't get that in your head that there's only the one main entry point. <clears throat> I mean, there's houses that will have two or three. So you can't go and just uh, close one up and think they're all going to go out the other one because then you might get a call that night saying, hey, there's a bat in my house. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> when you guys are when you're doing those exclusions, guys, make sure you're looking for the, all the main entries. If you have to hang multiple excluders, do it. 
Yeah. Um, you want to go ahead and explain to them what I'm, I'm sure a lot know what the excluder tube is, but um, for those of them that may be trying to get into doing that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, obviously, the preferred method from pretty much all of us is the exclusion method. Um, that's where we basically kick them out. They find somewhere else to live on their own. You don't really have to do anything to the bat itself. Um, obviously, you need to go around the entire structure, seal up every single possible entry point. Now, a lot of guys will tell you the repairs are where the money is. So think about that. Keep that in, in your mind. Don't go around with a foam gun shooting little holes up. Seal it up properly. Get the aluminum flashing out. Uh, get the sheet metal out. Get the metal bender out. And just go around, seal up every little hole you can find, except the main entry points, obviously. That's where you're going to hang your excluders. Um, a lot of guys use bat tubes. Some guys make their own. I mean, really doesn't matter how it looks. I mean, you want it to look professional, but everybody's had that one excluder that just looked like you threw it up there. <laughs> no. I can't tell you how many times I've been at the top of a 40-foot ladder, barely hanging on with one hand, just able to reach up there with a screw gun to attach it. <laughs> Looks like hell, but it worked. <laughs> now, that's the main thing. That's your goal. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, you just want to make sure that you get all the main entrances uh hung with excluders of some sort, obviously, whatever you prefer to use. Um, and then you give it the time frame you're most comfortable with. I actually give mine about seven to ten days. I give them plenty of time. I'm in no hurry. I want to make sure that any little straggler that has taken that maximum feeding time comes out. So I give them plenty of time. That, that kind of goes to where you came in earlier with, uh, the customers, are you sure they're all out? Well, yeah, they've had plenty of time. There's no way another bat's staying inside that house. <laughs> and then we go back, seal it up, you're done. Exactly. Yeah, the excluder tubes are, are designed so the bats can crawl through them, and they stick out, uh, depending on the brand that you get, um, six to seven inches out away from the house. Um, and they're like I say, they're made out of plastic, or PVC, however you like to refer to it. And they they have anchor points or screw holes molded right into the flange. Uh, they also make corner style uh, excluder tubes. Um, and they range anywhere from $12 to probably 18 depending on the brand, um, what style you want, who you buy them from, uh, shipping costs and all that other good stuff. So uh, the nice thing about that traps you pay for it once, you got it, and you can use it on everybody's home. Um, and, and I'm not trying to toot the bat trapping thing. I'm just saying the difference between an excluder tube and a bat trap. Um, there is a big price difference. So, But um, it's, it's hard to find bat traps anymore. Uh, pretty much you got to buy them used if you're going uh, to get into doing some bat trapping. Yeah, I pretty much – I've bought a few excluders. i got a couple of exclusion tubes around. Um, <laughs> we've used a lot of the PVC pipes with a little flap in it so they can't get back through, um, which, that, in fact, that's a good point, guys. If you're using PVC pipe, you got to make sure there's something in there that they can't just crawl back up because 
you may think they can't, but they can press their wings out and crawl back up those tubes if they're mounted on the right slopes. So um, I, we always put like a little piece of metal or something in there that flaps down so that it's kind of like a little, uh, almost like a little one-way door for like squirrels and such so that they can't go back up the tubes. Yeah, there's also a, a guy that had made a PVC uh, bat valve. It, it kind of, it's all PVC and it comes down to like two or two and a half inch out of the connection where it uh, attaches to the home. And then they slide down, you know, whatever the, the distance is of this um, bat check valve. And then they go into this eight inch piece of uh, PVC piping that has hardware cloth uh, riveted all the way around it, and obviously there's air holes to keep them alive. But that that bat valve or check valve that's in there lets them come through, but they can't get back up. It's kind of like what you're just explaining. Uh, a lot of them you don't see them use them too much, just because of you know they're they're kind of cumbersome. Uh, I played with them before just to try them out, but uh, it's not for me. I like something that's fast. Yeah, I, I like something that's fast and something that I can mount in multiple locations. Um, like I said, I've I've thrown up some that I mean, they were so ugly. <laughs> I've told homeowners, I have confessed to homeowners right off the bat. I was like, this thing looks absolutely horrible, <laughs> but it works. <laughs> but I mean, if if I have, I'm, I take the time. I do it right. Uh, we either use that um, what is it? That fiberglass cloth to uh, seal off the area nice and smooth, or there's been times I've just used hardware cloth in the same method <laughs> to funnel them into the tubes, push them where I want them to go, and then as long as we got the valves in place, they just come right on out and go somewhere else and take a hike. <laughs> so where do you want to move from here? you want to talk about maybe some attic restoration or cleanup, or, or you want to talk well, about... Uh, that I think we can move either. into cleanup. Okay. Move, move into cleanup here because obviously, if you're already getting rid of the bats, there's a good chance they're going to want to clean out as well. Right. Uh, cleanups can range from everything. You could just have the roost right there in the soffit that just needs to be cleared out, or you could have a full-blown attic restoration. Uh, I think the most we've ever taken out of one building was seven tons. I mean, yes, T-O-N-S, tons of guano out of a big church attic. <laughs> that took forever. That's a ton. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a, yeah, several. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but man, that, yeah, I think that's three days. <laughs> uh, with the attic restoration, I'll kind of run through a little bit of that. Um, there's a couple of ways of doing it. Uh, they make a vac. Um, if you have... Um, Blowing in insulation, uh, I've never tried backing uh, fiberglass insulation, either with backing or without. Um, I don't think it would work too good unless you set up there and ripped it. And you know, but anyways, it has a big back. Uh, you just take up a suction hose up top and you suck out everything. Once it, that gets done, then you can go through and scrape everything, uh, basically where the the guano headlight, and then you disinfect and deodorize. And then you go back and you lay your other insulation back down. Uh, the other technique is basically a manual labor technique. Uh, it's all <laughs> all sweat and guts and glory there, boy. And, Shovels uh, and trash bags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And uh, the bad thing about um, bat guano is uh, you really got to uh, wear all the safety gear when you do that. And uh, safety gear can go anything from the Tyvek suits to, to the booties, the hoods, uh, duct tape all that up, at least we do. Um, we wear goggles. Uh, obviously, we wear a, a really nice respirator with HEPA filters on it um, because it, it gets right down to the parts per million. And the guano spores are uh, actually what give you the bad uh, respiratory infection that you get from bat guano. Uh, it, most of it, uh, it's basically like a hypnoplasmosis. Uh, it's, it's just an upper respiratory infection uh, could kill you. So it's best to wear all the good hardware, uh, that safety equipment that you need, you know. Oh, yeah. In fact, you mentioned the respirator. Um, there's actually one better. Instead of just the HEPA filters, get the biological filters because that takes even more out. That's that's the ones you really want to find. Um, sometimes they're a little harder to find. Most hardware stores don't typically have it, <laughs> but some do. So you may get lucky. Just look around. If you can find the biological filters, it'd be a lot safer for you. But at the same time, when we're talking diseases, let's not trump these up to where, oh, my God, you're going to get in the attic and die. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many guys I've heard sold bat jobs out of fear of the, the uh, diseases that are potentially there. Um, make sure you're educating people properly, not just that they could have them, but you got to tell them that what the risk factors really are, too. That's true. Yeah, I kind of refer to uh, a lot of times as like a coal miner's lung. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but but the bottom line, you you get the uh, the upper respiratory infection part is the the total serious part. And I don't use this for a bat uh, a scare tactic to sell a bat job, but I do let them know about all of the hazmat part of it. You know, and and this is the reason why I charge what I charge because, you know. I mean, not every Tom, Dick, and Harry is going to want to play with shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that not every uh, not every respirator is going to have a completely positive seal, too. So you're putting your health at risk. That's that's the way I tell them. We've charged quite a bit. We I explain my fees that I'm put, I do charge a lot, yes, but I'm also right. putting a lot on the line too. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, normally um, a lot of times people, if they don't get the bats in the home, uh, they really don't realize they have bats until the ceiling falls in um, or they start really smelling urine smell, uh, this sort of thing. So there is a lot of sign out there that could tell you you have bats. Uh, sometimes it takes a catastrophic failure of the drywall before you know it. But, <laughs> but then when you wake up in the morning, you have them down this real horrendous odor and this bit real bad mess in your living room or wherever it is and oh, yeah. you wake up in the morning and you're like oh my god did the cat get out you know but <laughs> uh <laughs> but yeah so um it, you know it the bat guano really does do a lot of damage so bats uh they're eco-friendly but as far as your friend or my friend they're really not uh, especially in a home you know yeah. you live on a they're lake not- it's good 
They're nice to keep in the neighborhood, but not inside your home. In fact, we've got a professor at a local college here that is a bat fanatic, and me and him butt heads constantly because he's straight told people they're perfectly fine having bats in their attic. And we've had several customers end up sick with issues because they listened to this guy over all the years. And, I, I mean, some of these homes, uh, you were talking about the odor, that strong ammonia odor. That, uh, we've been to several places. You just walk up and it just hits you in the face. It's so powerful. So they've got so much of a bat problem <laughs> that, that that actually will affect their breathing and everything else. And we've had several jobs where once we got rid of the colony and did the clean out, a lot of respiratory issues went away for a lot of people. <laughs> exactly, yep. Now, yeah, when we're talking attic restorations, let's kind of touch on that a little bit. There's a lot of guys out there that will see, let's say, a basketball-sized pile of droppings in one corner of the attic, and they're out there selling full-blown attic restorations. To me, that's kind of unethical, guys. I don't agree with it myself. Um, I don't know where Kevin does. I'm just putting that out there. But where do we nope, draw the line? When do you need that full attic restoration? Are you asking me the question? Yeah, sure. Oh, uh, normally, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, nobody else is here, right? <laughs> but normally, when I um, when I do a full blown attic restoration, is uh, a lot of it's more in um, raccoon work because they tear up the the insulation, but in bats. Uh, it really has to uh, cover the majority of um, the attic. So what I'm saying is there's not just one pile, there's several. And basically the piles oh, yeah. is basically where the bats roost. So you can't just go in there with a, a small HEPA uh, vacuum and, you know, suck up five gallons. Um, you could, but normally with the amount of bats that you get, if you get 300 bats or whatever in this colony, um, they're normally not all roosting together, um, and you you know my my theory is the bottom line is if there's pile here, pile there, pile there, uh, it's all going to go. Oh yeah, if if it's yeah. spread throughout, I'm in total agreement because obviously the guanos it literally is kind of sprinkled everywhere, not right. just in multiple piles. Those right. I'm I'm perfectly fine going that route because I mean if you don't know what's contaminated with what where. But I've been into so many homes where it's literally just a little pile in a corner that happened to seep through a gap where they were roosting in the soffit. Mm -hmm. And I've watched companies come in with ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar bids to do full blown attic restorations because of that one itty bitty pile. The bats were never actually inside the attic. It was just spillover from the soffit. Right. So those are the kind of things that I mean, come on guys, don't be don't be out there doing that. <laughs> yeah, they call that gouging. <laughs> Everybody look, that's gouging that is just completely ripping people off. <laughs> yeah. Well, um keep your heads on your shoulders, guys. You want referrals. <laughs> right. For those of them that don't know the construction of a home, usually that uh area is opened up um between the soffit and the interior of the attic. And that's how your house breathes. Uh, normally, there's—I um, don't know the exact name of them. We always call them egg cartons, 
and that will allow air to flow through if your insulation goes higher than that area. I, I've been into attics where um, they've had rolled insulation and then they come back in and put six to eight inches of blown insulation in um, just because the rolled had kind of settled down and they didn't feel they were getting that comfort zone they they wanted. So uh, anyways, they, they come in with blowing in insulation over top of that. And I mean, that's fine and dandy until you have to do the cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know how many times you'll start pulling that away, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> then you've got to sit there and roll up each one, <laughs> bag them, start removing it. <laughs> um, being I brought up blowing insulation, um, I'd like to. Uh, how much do you ever run across? Um, I got to think of the name of it now. Um, it's an asbestos kind of like blowing insulation. I just can't think of the oh, name. Um, Oh, my God. Vermiculite. Yep, there we go. Thank God yeah, for... we look like fools. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had it on my tongue, but once I started talking about blowing insulation, it, my head just kind of wandered around. But um, do you ever run much across vermiculite in, say, like that old church or in older farm homes or anything like that? There, there have been a few times, and just because I, I actually have a little background doing demolition as well from my younger days. <laughs> Um, I just take the high road when it comes to that stuff. I straight up just refer them over to somebody that actually does that remediation. That is okay. something that I don't, you may deal with diseases or something in our line of work that you do not want to deal with asbestos because right. that liability comes right onto you if you took right. that to their house. <laughs> yeah, whenever I see it, I normally decline it and do a referral. Um, it's hard to get somebody from downstate up here uh, just because of the, the cash value of what's involved. But uh, a lot of times um, I also refer, uh, refer the customer to check with their insurance company. Uh, I don't know yeah, how that's, much. Yeah, that's the first thing to tell them because the insurance companies have those conditions. Yeah. So uh, I don't hesitate to, to tell them to notify. You know, if I'm doing, say I went up and I did the inspection and I come back and I give them a price of, I don't know, say 1700 bucks for trapping off bats or whatever. And, oh, my God, you, you know, you're so high and this and that. And I said, well, I, I said, I would also like to tell you that this could be covered under your homeowners. And all homeowners are not the same insurance now. So just remember that uh, it's okay to, to refer them to their agent and it doesn't hurt for them to check in on it because it could save them a bundle of out-of-pocket money. Oh, yeah. I, yes, I, I've been dealing with that just over this last week. There's a few insurance companies, at least around here, apparently State Farm has quit. They will not pay for any kind of bat work. <laughs> they, I don't know if that's everywhere, but I know for here, for three clients now in a row, State Farm will not pay for cleanouts or anything. <laughs> so I'll drop that name just because I've heard it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But so, yes, I mean, direct, you, you got to at least tell them, at least check with your insurance. Some insurance companies will pay for the damage and the cleanup. Um, I haven't ran into too many that will actually pay for the removal, though. But that's here in Indiana as well. True. 
Yeah, I think uh, every region's a little different, just like as in pricing. Um, I don't think we'll get too much into pricing because it varies from state to state. Um, That's all demographic-based, area-based, so pricing yeah. is what your market will support. Exactly. And I like to say that pretty much in anything that we do. Uh, that's kind of the, one of the biggest uh, questions that's asked. You know, how do you how do you charge for a job, or what do you charge for a job? Um, you know what? Uh, as I always say, it's whatever um, you know you feel that it's worth, or whatever the the uh, what was the word you used there? Well, <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> Now, I can't dig it out, but it's whatever, you know, whatever the uh, demographic. Okay, whatever the demographic is. But anyways, um, so the bottom line is, is I can't tell you to charge $300 when it could be a $3,000 job. So, you know, do what you got to yeah, do. With the Internet these days, I can give everybody some advice when it comes to looking for pricing. Let, get on the groups. Get on the internet. Uh, interact with these guys. Find guys in like markets, like yours, kind of thing. Find somebody that's in the same size of city. Somebody that has about the same median income in their city. Um, ask those guys if you're talking pricing, because I know guys that charge a thousand dollars to get rid of one raccoon, and I can't charge nearly that. I'd get laughed out of doctors' doors if I did that. So. Yeah, that's the same as, as up here, you know. But there and, are you know, but there are areas that, that that's easy. That's every day. That's true. Yep. But you know, when you have a big company, you have a lot of overhead. Uh, that's the difference between a home-based business versus a full-blown. Uh, I don't know if you want to call them the bat professionals or whatever, but um, they just <laughs> have so much overhead. Uh, everything from. Uh, 12, 13 people or whatever to all the man lifts and, you know, all of the oh, yeah. fabricating equipment and so on and so forth. So, yeah, uh, you, know, you I, can, I can pretty much. That. Go ahead. I, all I was going to say is you can understand them uh, asking for the bigger dollar, you know, than what we do. Or if they look at you and say, well, you're crazy for doing it that cheap. But I just oh, don't yeah. have the overhead, you know. That's a business 101 thing. Anybody that's out there, uh, I highly recommend you take some sort of a business course. Um, I, I unfortunately, uh, yes, I did um, years ago when I got out of the military. I took some business courses, so I kind of roughly know what I'm doing at least. But, yeah, you, as your overhead rises, it's just a natural thing, guys. Your prices have to come up too. Otherwise, you'll lose your margins. You'll wake up one day and you're like, well, wait a minute. I'm not making as much anymore. You got to pay for all that stuff you just bought. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, and naturally over time, as you get larger, you kind of have to watch your pricing a little bit because um, all pricing somewhere in your pricing list every single year, you should be having some kind of a little increase here or there. Always changing it. Um, my dad made the mistake that we didn't change our prices for like thirty years. And finally, when I took my business class and came in with a degree, you know, I was like, well, Dad, we've got to change this. <laughs> yeah. Shocked our market like crazy. It took a little while for that to recover, but now we have that steady growth at least, too. I probably have about maybe seven customers, say, out of ten, that tell me that I need to raise my prices. 
And I say, well, you know, I, I, in my mind, I say, well, you can afford that. But what about Joe down the road that uh, he's the only one that's working or she's the only one that's working. He's a stay-at-home dad, and they just don't have that kind of money, you know? <laughs> I've so, asked people like that if they'd like me to charge by the neighborhood instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are guys, sadly, there are those out there that do that, too. <laughs> That's true. Okay, where are we heading now? Oh, I think we went down the yellow brick road, through the rabbit hole, over the bridge. <laughs> okay. Um, some of the other equipment that you would need, obviously, is a caught gun, a nice tall ladder, um, as far as safety equipment goes. Uh, if you do a lot of... Uh, Roof climbing, uh, especially when you do gable invent or the ridge caps, uh, obviously you want the safety harness with ropes and that sort of thing. Um, a lot of like climbing style gear. Um, as far as other tools, uh, you know, it's just whatever you can afford or what you want to use if you get into doing it. I have all electric uh, battery operated stuff, uh, so you're not stringing cords and this sort of thing around. Um, oh, God, I've done that. <laughs> yes, get disposal, guys, get cordless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I got the hosters and everything. Um, it just makes it so much easier. I got the nail or the nail or screw pouches on the other side. So it, it's just, uh, you know, so much nicer to have that. Yeah, uh, now for you two guys that are listening, though, don't go out there and buy a DeWalt just because you got one bat job. Buy what you can afford and upgrade later if you need to. Don't go out blowing the bank just to do one job. <laughs> That's true because uh, it wouldn't take long for you to go under. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to need all kinds of ladders. They're not cheap. So buy what you can afford, use it, let it pay for itself, make some more money, buy an upgrade. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, don't be not. If you're going out there buying brand new equipment for a brand new business, you're about to be brand new bankrupt. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I know I started out that I was borrowing relatives. They're usually pretty nice for that. And then they say, hey, I've got this mole job. Could you come and do that? You know, yeah, yeah, you let me use your ladder. I'd be more than happy to come and do the mole job or squirrel job or whatever, you know. So I'm I'm pretty flexible for titting and tatting. Oh, yeah. I think in our beginning, I, I actually, when we were first really growing worth a dang, um, I would price some jobs just to cover a piece of equipment that I needed for that job. Um, I would almost basically make that the profit margin. Um, I remember when we first bought a 40-foot ladder, that was about the only profit we could put into the job, so that was our profit margin, our our work for that job was that ladder. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of ways to kind of get in there without making yourself look like a total idiot. <laughs> Don't overprice it just to pay for something. If you have to drop your margins and just really not make anything on the job to pay for a piece of equipment, go that route um, instead of just gouging them just so you can get profit and equipment. Uh, yeah, I know. I know Marty, um, I helped him out quite a bit, and not financially or anything, just an advice, uh, Marty Bowles there. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, 
But yeah, he was he was questioning me left and right on it, and I, I thought, well, heck, and you know that guy is doing great now, and I don't know how long he's been into it. I'd probably say six months or eight months or something like that. It seems. But I mean, he's got big, big name companies. He's, you know, power plants and things like that that he's doing. So, you know, oh, if you have that, I'm waiting for those. I'm waiting for them raccoons that have capes and superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't nitro, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh. yeah. Anyways, um, like you say, you know, just got to use your head when it comes to, uh, you know, what you need to borrow, what you need to buy. Uh, that sort of thing. Don't always be top-notch trying to beat out your buddy or whatever or your neighboring company or whatever, competitor. So you just got to kind of uh, hang it loose for a while and go. Do with Deal with what you've got, but always look professional. Don't show up with ripped-off jeans. <laughs> <laughs> um, you may only have there, you might only have an aluminum 16-foot ladder, but dang it, you better have clean clothes. <laughs> true. <laughs> Isn't there a guy out there by the name of Billy that's kind of that way? Oh, my God. <laughs> you, ever, you ever get tired of people? I, every one of us have heard it. Oh, I was expecting you to look like a biker, or you get those idiots. Boy, I thought, are you going to do it like the turtle man? The first yeah. thing out of my first thing out of my mouth is, I make it look boring. <laughs> that is all TV. Nobody's gonna make a show about me. <laughs> yeah. I always get, uh, "Hey, you got teeth." I say, "Yeah, I do have teeth." <laughs> and, and I like tell, teeth. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, some of them would say, "Well, hey, you got hair too," you know. And I say, "Yeah, I kind of got all the amenities you need." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you kind of look prim and proper, I guess. But. <laughs> So I do have four eyes, though. You know, I can't help that. I need them to see the the extra ladder rungs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that comes with age. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, oh, and I'm 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 kind of getting up there on that ladder. So. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we're we're five minutes out from being an hour. Uh, can you think of anything else that you would want to run over or? Well, I can think of things that run over, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the other reasons why uh, people would like to get rid of bats, just probably the most feared is rabies. So, uh, Yes, I've actually had confirmed cases within my area, bat colonies with rabies. Right. Well, I'm getting um, it all, aren't I? I've got bat colonies with rabies. I've got bat colonies with bat bugs. My goodness, it, I'm not too far from this white nose thing, so I'm sure that'll find its way around. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had any uh, stipulations uh, on bat trapping or, or even excluding up here yet, uh, but I, I'm afraid a year or so out it's going to be on, on the books, you know. But um, uh, Keep you know, us they, up to date. <laughs> yeah, they, they want us to report, uh, you know, if we happen to run into that in a home, but... I think you're going to find that more in, uh, like, caves, tunnels, um, things like that where the dampness is there. I'm not a bad expert, per se. I'm just a professional because I make money at it. But um, So I don't know all the ins and outs about it. Uh, I've done a, quite a bit of reading about it. Um, it Basically, for those of you that don't know what the nice white-nose syndrome is, it, it's a fungus 
that uh, collects on the bat, grows on the bat, however you want to refer to it. Um, a lot of times it overweights them um, so they can't fly. Other times it suffocates them. Um, and it it kind of moves around just like a fungus, uh, just like mole spores or whatever. Uh, it, they they contract it from somewhere, somehow. Uh, I really haven't heard the scientific way it is, but they contract it and then it gets in the colony and from them rubbing up against each other and so on and so forth in their bat cave or the roost, uh, it, it spreads. And the ones that get it the worst uh, basically suffocate uh, or can't fly because of, you know, I mean a bat, I don't know if you ever weighed, weighed or felt a bat, um, they don't weigh nothing really. And it doesn't take much to uh, saw them out to where they can't fly. So, uh, and a shroom on your face will do that. Yeah. So <laughs> the bottom line, uh, most of I most that I've heard of and read of are from caves or old belt line systems. Uh, that's kind of what we have up up here where I'm talking about with our white nose syndrome um, that they found. I think two years ago it was, and it, they had found a lot of dead bats. Um, this spring in those tunnels, they're a belt line tunnel, and they go for say like a mile or so. So they're quite long. Um, so they're you know they're keeping an eye on it, uh, testing the dead, and that sort of thing. Um, the other thing I guess I could talk about a little bit is what I classify rabies vectors, uh, and that's where you call me and tell me you have a bat in your house, and that is basically in your living quarters, not in your attic not in your garage, uh, and we classify, would classify it rabies vector for the simple fact that you don't know if that bat had scratched you, bit you, or whatever, and uh, so we send that bat in to get tested. And if it comes back rabies, then guess what? We're going we're gonna to tell you to start getting your shot. Oh, yeah, so, our local health departments are already recommending that to anybody that has And and uh, speaking of shots, do you do you get your shots at all? Well, uh, <laughs> I'm probably the poor example. I've never had to deal with it. I've okay. never once had a rabies shot. I've never had to. Uh, I I don't. <laughs> well, I guess you could say I'm overcautious, or I I make sure I'm prepped. I don't. I don't put myself at risk. <laughs> uh huh. But you I'm know some. If I'm wearing PPE, um, I've got everything on that I need to have on. Um, sure. My exposure is minimal. As long as you control that, I mean, right. them shots are cheap. So. Right. Yeah, uh, I want to say that um, the what, – what, I don't know exactly the name of it, but it's where you go in and get the shot as a control operator, and it helps uh, bring your immune system up. Um, them are something like 400 bucks. Oh, yeah, I just, I, I had this bad habit of eating dirt as a kid, so you'd be surprised what I don't catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, eating dirt, wife, I don't, I know about that when I was a kid as well, eating uh, snow and icicles off the roof of houses, not thinking the bat duty that's been running down that roof, you know. <laughs> oh, can you imagine some of the things you've or done bird. as a kid? And oh, thinking, my goodness. Oh, Lord. <laughs> good thing we have I a good immune system. Yeah, I will put out to everybody out there that's going to be listening that we are not experts when it comes to bats. We are professionals that get paid to get rid of them. 
Um, right. There are guys in our groups that are a hell of a lot more qualified than we are and know a lot more than we do. So, obviously, if you've got more questions, I mean, you can ask us. We'll do our best to give you answers. Um, but there are some guys in the groups that, that really make us look stupid. And, and we're not by, we're not by any means, but these guys really are bat nerds. <laughs> yep. So, if you have questions, ask us or post it in the groups. Them guys will catch you. <laughs> okay. So uh, we pretty much wrapped, covered everything up. So what do you think? Oh, I'd say let's wish everybody a good weekend. And uh, we'll go ahead and give an update here. We're going to be changing our air time. Instead of the last Wednesday of the month, we're going to be going to the first. <laughs> I've got a scheduling conflict that's keeping me awake forever. <laughs> and then also we're going to change the time frame from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, oh, give a little more. Give everybody a little bit more chance to get home to participate. <laughs> yeah, well, being that staying lighter longer, uh, you know, some some people would rather probably make that few dollars more than uh, than to come and listen to a podcast, you know, or be on a podcast. So. Oh yeah, I, I'd be the same way. But here I'm with you. I mean. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, we're don't. not we're not gonna um, be on. Uh, so, well. Yeah, yes, we're going to take July off, guys, and then the okay. first Wednesday in August, we will be back. It's just a week difference, so don't panic. We'll be there. <laughs> That'll give us a chance to uh, come up with a new topic. I think I've got one already. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. Let's find some of these new operators that are out there, and let's talk to them. <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. So, Okay, we're going to conclude this podcast of uh, – the bat show and uh hope you didn't mind our little intro there i thought that was kind of comical <laughs> that was hilarious i was trying not to laugh in the phone <laughs> <laughs> well i thought you'd relate to it being you were a movie buff you know oh yeah i'll add i'll throw this out there too my movie buffness with batman i have yeah, that- come, what has come to my possession is a movie poster for the new batman versus superman before they're released. <laughs> yeah, that was off the 1968 version of the uh, theme. That was Batman. original. Original, yeah. Took me a little while to dig it to get it, but I found it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to conclude this uh, podcast. I just want to say thanks for listening and uh, hope it mm. enlightened you a little bit on uh, that work and wish you the best and. Uh, for those of you that we're not going to talk to or see, happy 4th of July. Be safe. Bring them home. Bring them back alive. Stay safe out there, guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.